Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, live and direct from the press box at Old Comiskey Park, it's time for When Football Was Football. Let's join your host, Joe Ziemba, with another forgotten tale from Chicago's pro football history. Let's go! Well, thank you and welcome to this episode of When Football Was Football. No one, absolutely no one, thought he was a professional football player. In fact, the owner of his team took a first look at rookie Billy Cross and asked, Who's that little fella? The mascot? Billy Cross had heard it all before, that he was too short, too light, and not tough enough for football. Yet he persisted in continually proving his doubters wrong all the way through high school, college, and into the National Football League. Billy Cross stood just five foot six, maybe, and weighed a mere 145 pounds when he joined the Chicago Cardinals in 1951. Then he made an immediate impact on head coach Curly Lambeau. In just the second game of the 1951 season, Cross, by then nicknamed Little Willie, scored two touchdowns to lead the Cardinals to a 28-14 upset over the rival Chicago Bears. Cross tallied on an 18-yard pass reception from Frank Trapuca, as well as on a 39-yard run. Lambeau declared the win was a team victory, and the Chicago Tribune agreed, saying, It might have been a team victory, as the veteran coach of the Red Shirt said, but Cross dramatized the stunning 28-14 triumph over the Chicago Bears. All for his remarkable efforts, the Cardinals named Cross as their MVP of the game, and the reward was a brand new suit. The grateful Cross admitted, somewhat jokingly, well, maybe they selected me because they could have a suit made for me at one-third the price of outfitting some other guy. It was a major triumph for Cross, the speedy halfback who quietly suffered through the early misconception by owner Violet Wolfner of the Cardinals. According to the Chicago Tribune, when Cross reported to training camp, Mrs. Violet Wolfner spotted him walking with Gene Ackerman, a six-foot-five rookie in from Missouri, and she said, Who's that fellow, the mascot? She asked of Curly Lambeau. No, he replied, he's a player, Curly said. And she didn't believe him. But the early success of Cross on the field made a believer of everyone within the Cardinals organization and their fan base. For Cross, it was similar to a vinyl record on repeat. He heard it all before. He was a local legend at Canadian High School in Texas, graduating in 1946. Don Hodges once said, we'd go over and watch him practice every day. Anybody that grew up in that era knew about Billy Cross. Despite piling up some impressive numbers in high school, no major college was really knocking at his door. It wasn't that Cross lacked the confidence to pursue football at the next level. It was just that the collegiate partners were not thrilled about his size. 
Cross once recalled the disappointment of those days as reported in the Coffin Corner, the publication of the Professional Football Researchers Association, when he said, I wanted to go to Texas Christian University. Coach Meyer was coaching there at the time. I met him at the state track meet while I was in high school. But he just looked at me and said, son, you're too small for college football. So, Cross accepted a basketball scholarship to attend West Texas State, where he also displayed some unique high-jumping skills, once clearing 6'2 in a meet. His real love, however, was football, although he would first need to retire any misconceptions about his size. The El Paso Herald Post mentioned an unnamed educator at the school who said, We were discouraged offering anything of a football scholarship to Cross because he was just too small. While in college, Cross acquired still another nickname as the, quote, Canadian Comment, unquote, and established a career rushing record of 2,474 yards with an astonishing 9.2 rushing average that was not broken until Mercury Morris, of all people, did so in 1968. In addition, the Amarillo Globe News reported that Cross and fellow West Texas State runner Charles Wright combined for 2,400 yards in 1950 to break a single-season record previously held by the heralded Army runners Doc Blanchard and Glenn Davis. Soon, pro football scouts were attracted to the West Texas campus, but Coach Frank Kimbrough was concerned that the professional representatives would quietly slip away once they noticed his size. A few years later, the El Paso Herald Post recalled that situation, stating, When professional scouts came to the campus to look over Cross, West Texas State coach Frank Kimbrough would tell them to not base their judgment on his appearance, but to wait until they saw firsthand what he could do on a football field. Kimbrough was afraid they'd take one look at Cross and leave. Cross was also concerned about the possibility of his athletic future being derailed before it could ever get started. He said, I was afraid that would happen in pro ball and I would not ever get the chance. Yet the Chicago Cardinals enjoyed the glowing reports flowing back regarding the potential of Cross and drafted the mini back in the 24th round of the 1951 draft. Cross was quick to pick up the pace in the NFL, although his initial reaction to the size of the players was as expected. He said, I felt like I had knocked on the wrong door. But once he was given the football, the shifty back won the admiration of both his coaches and his teammates. Coach Lambeau stated, I found out early that he was tough. He proved to me he could do everything just as well or better than the players of normal size. He just runs past or under the big fellows. Cross would end up rushing for 283 yards, catching 18 passes for an additional 322 yards, and scoring six touchdowns for the Cardinals during the regular season with an admirable 5.3 rushing average. That was in 1951. Cross was impressive in an early exhibition game in 1952, which served as a sort of a homecoming for Cross when the Cardinals met the Camp Polk Armadillos team in Lubbock, Texas. The local media was happy to have Cross back in the area and celebrated his previous accomplishments. The Lubbock Morning Avalanche joked that, To say Cross is a double cross is putting it mild. He looks like the water boy, but once he tucks the ball under his arm, it doesn't matter how large the opposition. Cross is a gone man. 
Well, the Cardinals destroyed the Soldiers 66-7 as Cross scored three times in the exhibition route, prompting the Lubbock Avalanche Journal to report, From the time Little Bill Cross scooted 14 yards around left end for the first touchdown after just three minutes and four seconds of play, it was apparent that the score would be only what Coach Joe Kuhark wanted it to be. But it was his remarkable blocking that also impressed his fellow Cardinals. Here was this smallish cross taking on anyone and everyone on the field. Lineman and teammate Bill Fisher marveled at the ability of Cross to lay down an effective block, especially in that early Bears game between the two Chicago rivals. Fisher said, That kid is great. He's about five foot six, and yet he can jump up and touch the crossbar on the goalpost. Movies of the Bear game showed Cross knocking over Ed Sprinkle on four successive plays. Sprinkle, who was featured on a previous episode of When Football Was Football as the meanest man in football, was certainly not an easy foe to encounter. The Coffin Corner shared a unique story about the blocking capabilities of Cross, saying, Cross was widely regarded as one of the best blocking backs in the NFL. Both Len Ford of the Browns and Ed Sprinkle of the Bears called him the best blocker of all the backs in the league. High praise for the little man. One time, Cross blocked the 6'5", 250-pound Ford so effectively that the Hall of Famer end took a tumble in the surprising flip. Ford exacted revenge the next time the little guy tried to take him out with a cat-crack back block. Cross said, the next time I tried, he flicked his arm and I rolled 10 yards, but he came over and helped me up. In 1952, Cross enjoyed the best season rushing for 347 yards. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but he was just three yards behind team leader Charlie Trippi and three ahead of Ollie Matson in the Cards' balanced offense. Of course, both Trippi and Matson are now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In addition, Cross picked up 234 more yards on 17 catches. Well, those numbers left Cross as the 19th best rusher in the National Football League, while his 18.8 average on kick returns was 10th best in the league. He had another solid year in 1953 with 196 yards rushing and 285 yards in receptions. Cross started 8 of 12 games in each of the 1952 and 1953 seasons, but announced his retirement in July of 1954, indicating that he was leaving pro football to enter the business world. But Cross still had that itch to play football and serviced just a week later when it was announced that he had signed with the Toronto Argonauts in Canada. The Ottawa Citizen newspaper, noting the size of the new player, deftly observed, Cross is a comparatively small man. Hmm. Cross was used more as a safety for the club and was named to the league's all-star team after the season. Cross also rushed for 181 yards and 31 attempts and caught 11 passes for 191 yards. On defense, he picked off three passes and also returned 16 kickoffs for 373 yards with an excellent return average of 23.3 yards. However, in December of 1954, the Argonauts decided to drop all of their imported players from the United States and the pro football career of Billy Cross came to an end. Following his retirement, Cross owned a sporting goods store and was a long-time teacher back in the Canadian Independent School District. 
In 2012, his old high school constructed a full-size bronze statue of Billy Cross outside the football field in Canadian, Texas. As for the final word on Billy Cross, we'll refer to the Cardinals Hall of Famer Charlie Trippi who once said, pound for pound, Cross was the greatest football player I ever saw. He was one of the few who overcame his lack of size to prevail on the gridiron and led the way for recent standouts like Tariq Cohen, Trinidad Holiday, and others. And let's not forget Jack Soapy Shapiro, who at 5'1 and 119 pounds played one game for the Staten Island Stapletons in 1929 and remains the smallest player to ever play in the NFL. Thank you for joining us on this episode of When Football Was Football on the Sports History Network. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup, Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast. It's a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on the Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine podcast.